Earth Day, April 22nd, was set as the official opening day of what Mr. Earth Day, Dennis Hayes, calls the greenest building in the world. It's a six-story office structure built to house the Bullitt Foundation, which Mr. Hayes heads, and other tenants they hope to attract. As workers were putting the finishing touches on the building, Ross Reynolds of member station KUOW in Seattle got Dennis Hayes to take him on a tour. This is a building that functions like an organism. Let's just say it has ears, it has eyes, it has, uh, it doesn't have a sense of smell, but it, it, it has pores that open and close automatically depending upon outside conditions. It has a sophisticated nervous system and it has a brain. Uh, it has an alimentary canal that, uh, that's the only six-story building in the world with composting toilets. And, and it functions very much like the Douglas fir forest functioned when it was here 150 years ago. Let's go inside this building that can see and hear and uh, is like a, okay. a living being. And I, and I should say that the water on the park, we're not bringing in irrigation water. This will all be watered naturally. The water that falls on the building, instead of running off and down a gutter and into the street and carrying hydrocarbons into a storm sewer into Puget Sound, the water will be used for all purposes inside the building. The gray water will then be filtered, infiltrated into the rain garden out in front. And just like, again, that Douglas fir forest, the water that falls on the site remains on the site. So we've done everything that we can with the core and shell of the building and with the tenant improvements that we put in. We've got the most efficient appliances that we can in the kitchens. And, but um, in the end, what's left is plug loads. It's what you as a tenant bring in and plug in as a computer, as a lighting system. And, and we've limited the budgets. When you come in, your lease contains provisions that says, this is how much energy you can use per square foot that you've leased. We've got these little kilowatt meters that let you measure everything that you are currently using and it tells you how much of a draw your computers are and your task lights are and your printer is and what have you. And, um, and then you just calculate a way to stay within that budget. Now, a water budget, too, so if I'm over-flushing, uh, you might be knocking on my door and telling me about it? Uh, well, you'd have to over-flush a whole lot because we have composting toilets that use trivial amounts of water. A flush is about one cup. Dennis Hayes is taking some time in his very busy week as they get prepared to move into their new building in Seattle to give us a tour and tell us about some of the features. So this will be our big education center, that this partnership for urban ecology between the University of Washington and the U.S. Green Building Council and us will operate. And this is a lovely space. It's got uh, floor-to-ceiling windows, and the ceilings here are really high, full of light, facing south, uh, great exposure. And by very high, we're talking in excess of 20 feet. Uh, we'll have all kinds of displays in here and things that will attract the public and will bring in school kids, but the real emphasis of this partnership is targeted. If you want to change radically the way that things are built, there are a number of decision makers that you need to get engaged, and they certainly include architects, but they tend to be wildly enthusiastic about this sort of thing anyway. Uh, developers, a little bit less so. Bankers, deeply skeptical. Appraisers, completely bewildered. So we're going to be having a series of programs to try to educate all of those about why it is desirable to have features from this building be commonplace. Uh, local politicians and, and uh, community leaders. I mean, two dozen things in this building would have been illegal under Seattle's prescriptive codes. But as long as we could show that this building, by being truly innovative in its integrated design, would have much better performance than the code would have produced, uh, they would give us an exemption and say, OK, we'll use your performance standards instead. And we'd love to get that replicated in thousands of cities across the country. I've got to say, 
say I'm impressed with what you're showing me, Dennis, but I'm kind of wondering the cutting edge can be the bleeding edge. Is this bullet foundation building bulletproof, or is there technology in here that is a little bit experimental that you're not 100% sure is going to work? Uh, no, there's nothing in here that we're not 100% sure is going to work. That, that's to say every building gets commissioned, and we've got lots of things that are moving parts where windows that open automatically and close automatically, shutters that come down automatically, go up automatically. Um, there are things that are going to malfunction in the first month, and we've got a first-rate team of building managers who will get them fixed. It will be shaking down, but none of these are going to be permanent failures. Everything here exists someplace else. It's just not been put together in one package. And you mentioned the building sees, so that's one way it sees. It sees that it's time to close the shades? Exactly. The software on this is relatively sophisticated. The building has a brain. It has a nervous system. So across the street, we've got a nerve ending that is a weather station that tells you what's the temperature outside. Is the wind blowing? How fast is it blowing? What direction is it blowing from? Is it raining? And it feeds all of that information uh, along with the internal stuff from the building. How warm is it inside? What are the carbon dioxide levels? All that stuff goes down to the building's brain, and it decides whether the windows should be open or closed. Well, uh, what else would you like to show us next? Make the tour efficient. Why don't we show where the toilets go to, and then we'll, we'll show you the toilet itself. Um, we are now installing the connections between the toilets on the sixth floor and the compost bins in the basement. So we're descending now into the basement of the Bullet Foundation's office building here in the final weeks of construction. Dennis Hayes is giving us a tour and showing us right now where the poop goes? Uh, each of the bathrooms upstairs has itself connected through a set of pipes and sort of micro flushes on a foam base that comes down here. Inside it, there will be some compost inserted into it to start the process and some wood chips. And uh, it's just the way that poop has been dealt with by nature for millions and millions of years, except we do it here in a somewhat accelerated fashion. You know, you, there are things you can do with it in an anaerobic condition that is somewhat more sophisticated to produce natural gas, but it also tends to produce stuff that's kind of smelly and what have you. This, this does not. And um, so we, we decided to basically turn poop into fertilizer, and the poop will go out and be used as fertilizer. And there are grates down here, and they'll open up, and is that where the uh, fertilizer, finished fertilizer, will come out? That, that's true. And they will have to be emptied probably once every six months. Behind that wall of plywood is a 56,000 gallon cistern. The water that comes off of the roof goes back there and then as needed is pulled out. It's, it's filtered before it goes in, but then it goes into fine grain filters when it's pulled out. You see those three blue things down at that end. They are increasingly fine. By the time you get through the third filter, the second one filters out things as small as bacteria. The third one filters out things as small as viruses. So you get really pure water coming out of the filters. And then um, we put it through, just in case anything snuck past, uh, ultraviolet, so that we kill any last remnants that are there. After a year and a half of arguing with uh, various officials, we will chlorinate it, despite the fact that this water is incredibly pure, and pump it throughout the building, because there have been cases where some bad stuff has gone up through a faucet and down into the pipes to form what they call a biofilm, and even if you have pure water going to a place that's contaminated, um, it, can, it gets contaminated. Where if it's chlorinated water, it kills anything that would hurt you as it passes through that. And then we'll have an activated charcoal filter on each of the taps, so that when it comes out, we're taking the chlorine back out of the water before you drink it. What delights you most about this building? If you were to say just what is the one thing that we 
take the greatest pride in. I, I think if you ask the average person on the street, could you generate enough power on the roof of your one-story house to meet your needs in Seattle? They say, no, the sun doesn't shine. We're showing that you can generate enough energy on an annual basis to meet the needs of a six-story building in Seattle. And I think that, that means that you've got to be super efficient in your use of energy, but I think it'll be a real revelation to people. You know, the, the roof of a six-story building is pretty much the same as the roof of a one-story building. We've extended ours a little bit, but it's still just a roof. And uh, I think that's really eye-opening. You mentioned you were going to charge market rates. Um, when will you make your nut on, on your investment in this building? Uh, well, we will be cash flow positive the first year, but um, the rate of return on our investment in the building through the first set of leases will be less than it would be if we put up a standard building and charge people standard rates, and we would have spent 25% less on construction costs, and so we would have gotten appropriately larger returns. And right now, this is an unusual building. There's a large number of people don't want to come to a building that has composting toilets and an irresistible stairway. It's sort of self-selecting a bunch of people who do want to ride their bikes to work, and and they tend to be the kinds of young people that software firms and communications firms and some engineering firms are trying to attract. So they're locating here. And over time, I, I think that if I were to bet as soon as 20 years from now, this will be the best performing single asset in the Bullet Foundation portfolio. And I pray that that's true because I persuaded my board to commit one third of our total endowment to this building. So, uh, But I feel a lot safer about this investment, which we can see and control and walk into and take care of than I do anything that we're putting into the stock market or some kind of third world derivatives. Earth Day Chairman and Bullet Foundation President Dennis Hayes speaking with Ross Reynolds of KUOW.